Oh, I missed that sound. The sound of the introductory music for Beyond the Glory podcast. It's going to ring in your head that uh, may never, ever go away. But we are back here on Beyond the Glory podcast. We've had quite the hiatus as we can't thank the fans enough that have uh, just consumed on to the Grizzly Digital Network. We know you guys are clamoring for more podcasts, but we put it on the back burner and we figured out what better way to bring it back than this moment right now. We are celebrating 1,000 wins for GGC Athletics, and we're here to celebrate this historic milestone and doing it in just seven short seasons. We're joined now by the man who started it all and the director of athletics, Dr. Darren Wilson. Darren, how are you doing today? Matt, I'm doing great. Great to be back on the podcast and certainly great to uh, celebrate what we're celebrating today. And the first change I want to start with is uh, the the growth of the athletic department has certainly been inspired and motivated by your vision. But Recently here at GGC, your, your official human resources title has changed too as well. How, is that, uh, how does that sign of appreciation from administration uh, you know, kind of resonate with you? Oh, well, thanks. I certainly appreciate you know, any time you, you get recognized and you're recognized for what we've been able to do um, and to get the associate vice president title is nice. But really what that, what that does is it just shows what we've been able to do as a department. And uh, again, I go back to the type of people we've been able to attract here and how we've been able to do that really since the beginning. And I think that's just a, another testament uh, to what type of people that we have here and that we get to work with uh, on a daily basis. And so the big motivation for this podcast today is recently we had the opportunity to sit down to talk with our five current head coaches about the journey that's been to a thousand wins. And so uh, that whole interview is, is good stuff that's about 35 minutes long. So if you've seen the condensed version of it with a lot of highlights on it uh, on our YouTube page or our Facebook page, uh, please go check that out. It's, it's good stuff. But this is the full-length, unedited version of that group conversation with our head coaches. So it truly is beyond the glory of our 1,000 wins here at GDC Athletics. So um, we're here with, with Dr. Wilson, and I just – it blows my mind where this all started. So take me back to – I mean, not even game number one. Take me back to day one in your office. What was the first thing you did when you sat down at your desk? Well, the the first thing I did I was look for a cup of coffee, and there's a funny story about – having coffee on this campus being a state institution and you can't spend state funds and so we literally had to figure out from day one how do you get a cup of coffee and so you have to figure out how to go through the foundation and build some foundation funds which a lot of our private school counterparts won't understand but um, you know I've told the story a lot we were in a I was in a small office in the student center I had a phone and a and an office and a computer and they said go and really we we got about our business of building this department and so um, it, you think back on it and you think man did you really realize how much work had to be done and what needed to take place to play that first game the next August I got here in August of 11 and we were playing in August of 12 and we had no facility no coaches no administration no shoestrings no uniforms no shoes. We had, we had nothing. <laughs> nothing. And so what we did have is we had a supportive institution. We had a funding source, so we knew that from our student fee we were going to be able to have some some funding. Um, we had a vision and a plan of what 
we needed to accomplish in order to be able to play that next August. Um, had a lot of work to do, obviously, um, to make sure we had uh, facilities secured as we began the building process of our new facilities here. Uh, but really, it was it was starting everything literally from scratch. We had no policies in place. We had no handbooks in place. We had no coaches in place. So we had to build every um, job description from scratch. Um, had to figure out, you know, what those jobs were going to look like, who we were going to hire aside from our head coaches and assistant coaches, how the administration was going to be built and, and how we were going to function. And so congruently with that, we were starting the planning of building what is now our athletics complex, purchasing the tennis center. So there were a lot of moving parts and a lot, a lot of long hours those first few years. And I think it's easy for the average person to see how fast this place has grown, whether it's from the athletics facilities or the upgrades that we make over from year to year. But I think what's widely overlooked, and, and the coaches get into this in the conversation, is the camaraderie that they have, the respect that they have, the motivation, the peer-to-peer motivation and support of one another. How did you get so many hires correct the very first time? Well, thanks for that. And I, and I do think we got most of them, if not all of them, correct. Um, certainly the, our, our current staff has been, has been phenomenal. Uh, but you think back to those first days when we were trying to interview, and, and really for every head coaching position but one, we had – multiple 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 on-campus interviews um for tennis alone yeah for tennis alone i give chase a hard time you know we probably had seven on-campus interviews and you know for baseball we only had a couple on-campus interviews that's the one i was talking about but we had 120 applications for a baseball job that didn't didn't exist um we decided to hire an athletics business manager at the time who's you know, morphed into our obviously our senior women's administrator, which is Aaron Frank, um, had 130 applications for that wow. job. We didn't even have an athletics department. And so I think it raised the eyebrows early on with our HR functions here and our other folks on campus going, wow, I can't believe you've got this kind of interest. Um, and part of it was you go back to, to that first press conference that I did, and I said, we're going to compete, and we're going to compete at a high level, and we're going to play anybody who will play us. And I think some people were like, sure, sure you are, you know. And, and I said, and we're going to win. You know, we're going to compete. Um, and certainly we've been able to do that. But I think we were extremely it, intentional in the beginning of the type of person that we wanted to hire here. We wanted to hire a great character. We wanted to hire somebody that uh, believed in more than just their sport. Um, and then we wanted, obviously, we had to have the person that, that knew their craft and knew how to recruit and knew how to motivate and develop uh, but I think that's been one of the keys early on is that we've tried to to create that family culture from day one in that it's not just one Grizzly, we're all Grizzlies and we're all pulling together. Absolutely. And that culture that you referenced that has morphed into year seven or started in year one for you is is remarkable. And, and, I, and I get that so much from outside people, whether it's coaches or administrators or, or community members, like, is it really as good as the inside as it appears on the outside? And you have a lot to do with that, with that culture that we've created here. 
in the, within the athletic department. Where did you get that from? Where have you drawn from other experiences to create that culture that's inside our building? Well, I think it's a combination of things. I mean, obviously, you know, growing up, I saw coaches and uh, other administrators who I would want to model. Um, I also saw coaches and other administrators who I didn't want to model. And I knew early on um, that I've always wanted to be the type of leader who would who would lead the way I want to be led. And so that's what I've tried to do. I've tried to, to hire great people, uh, put them in positions where they can succeed, and literally get out of their way and let them work. Um, now, there's always going to be times where you have to sit down and you have to have conversations and you have to say, let's think about this, or why did you make this decision, or that wasn't in the best interest of, of the department. Um, and then they grow from that, and people grow from that. Um, and if they don't, then you have that conversation again. And then at some point, you've got to make a decision. Are you the right fit? Or are you not? Uh, but I think just historically for me, it's been, okay, here's how I like to operate. Here's how I like to work. Um, let me see if I can find people that will want to get on board with that, and let's go with us. And what's amazing is, as you know, other than one sport, We've had the same head coaches from the beginning, yeah. and we've had all of our administration from the beginning. Yeah. Um, and then with the exception of sports information, that's we've had a little turnover there. But literally the entire department, you think about our trainers. Um, so it's been, it's been very, very special to be able to work as hard as we did on the front end to hire the right people, but then to be able to keep and motivate and maintain those folks with the type of success we've had uh, for the longevity that we have as well. And so that appreciation you've gained here here recently, not that you didn't have it before, but what's widely uh, spoken about in this interview with our coaches is their appreciation of the groundwork that you have laid for them and giving them, like you mentioned, guidelines but not micromanage. And so they're extremely appreciative of what you've done for them and their careers and their families. And so my, my last question to you is, how do you like to be thanked? Because they can say it on camera, they can come by your office, they can put trophies in a trophy case downstairs, but what's something that hits home? Well, I, I think it's, you know, there are a lot of different things. I mean, certainly um, I'm not looking for accolades. What's, what's rewarding is seeing folks like you and our coaches that have had their kids and their kids are part of our uh, culture now and they come and they want to be a grizzly and they come to our offices or they come to our games i mean that's certainly rewarding uh, you see our student athletes and the type of athletes that we're bringing in and you see you know and this is this way across the country but you see some athletes that come in extremely mature as freshmen and then they're still mature as seniors and you've gotten to develop that relationship all four years and um, you send them on and i've written countless letters of you know, a recommendation for them for graduate school or what have you. Uh, but then you also see the freshman or the transfer that comes in that's that's not been the most mature or not the most prepared, and you see how this place has changed them over sometimes just one year, but one, two, or three years. Um, and that's extremely gratifying and rewarding, too. I think the other thing that for me, as you know, and we've talked a lot, I'm a facility guy and, you know, love great facilities and love – clean facilities and uh, our grass and, and just record, all of you, that. You walked into this room before we started recording and started imagining the things <laughs> we could do to this very room. And this is a little bit bigger than a closet, just so yeah, everyone yeah, knows. You've got visions yeah. for everything. 
Well, thanks, and I do. But I, I think part of the appreciation that I get and the gratitude that I get is is seeing how how our athletes and how our coaches and how our visitors come in and appreciate what we have and what we get to play on and and what they get to play on and you know there's there's not much more gratifying for me than when a a visiting team or coach or parent comes up to me and says wow this is this is beautiful yeah very nice well uh, very well put again uh, thank you so much for being here today um any any final parting thoughts here before we uh, turn things over to our, our wonderful coaches? No, thanks, and thanks to you for what all you've done. I go back and I look, and thankfully, historically, now I can go back to when Ned and I were doing this by ourselves with a camera, and, and when I turn away, the mic doesn't go with me because I wasn't mic'd up. Uh, for those early YouTube videos when we were looking at this facility and how we were building things, to get to this point with our coaches and, and to think about us celebrating a 1,000 wins, I've said this time and time again, I don't think there's a better staff in the country. There's not a place I'd rather be, and there's not a group of people that I would rather work with on a daily basis. And so thanks for bringing that to life. Thanks for um, bringing it back to light in terms of what they've done in the past, what we've done in the past, and now what we're going to be able to do in the future. No pressure on any of our coaches, but I look forward to another 1,000 wins here at GGC. Go Grizzlies. Go Grizzlies. Welcome in, Grizzly fans. It took us seven years to get these individuals back in a room together as we celebrate 1,000 victories for GGC Athletics in this campus. And we're joined now by all five head coaches, which I think is our first victory into the next 1,000, the fact that I got all five of you in a room together. So as you introduce yourself, we go around the room here. Um, I want to know what you would be doing right now if we weren't having this interview. Would it be recruiting, staff meetings? Field maintenance, let's go right. We'll start with you. Uh, Brad Stromdahl, uh, baseball coach. And what I would be doing right now is I'd be on a national selection committee call. And what, what does that entail? Oh, well, it's uh, part of uh, how we select the, the at-large teams for the postseason at the end. So we have about six phone calls throughout the course of the year. Um, and we get to uh, get on some phone calls with about 25 other people and talk a lot about what's going on in our sport and how, it, uh, how it's working out. And then uh, at the end of the year, we decide who gets in and who's, who's out. Cat Eilenberg, softball. I would be working with Tanya Metters to plan Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday's practices. Get ready for a big weekend. Chase Hodges, tennis. Um, I'm a NAI tennis raider, so similar to Brad and our national rankings are due uh, in a couple hours, so I better get on that. I would be editing. Matt Mahoney, go ahead. Yeah. Steve DeCoo, men's soccer. It's 11.30. We've already had weights in practice, so I would be in the gym working mm-hmm. out right now. Overachiever here. Mm-hmm. Mike Giuliano, women's soccer. Uh, I'd be recruiting and recruiting and recruiting as we try to replace uh, 15 seniors who are graduating after this year. And so I can't thank you guys enough for being here because of uh, more so to those people out here that allowed them to be here, friends and family, their teams, their staffs, and their administrators too as well. And so we are located back in the same room that you guys filmed this same interview seven years ago. I sent you guys some pictures earlier. When you looked at those pictures and reminisced back, what's the first thing that come to your mind? Cat? I was getting a lot more sleep. I didn't have two kids and I had a lot less gray hair. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I would just say it feels like about two decades ago, um, but seven years is uh, it's flown by. Um, it seems like it was a long time ago, but when you think about everything that we've done as a department, um, you know, it's kind of flown by. So a little bit of both. I think we all look like a bunch of kids. I mean, it, it, it's been a great seven years, but uh, there's been some struggles and some trials along the way. Coach Giuliano, for you, seven years ago, you and I both weren't here. So we're new to this conversation. Exactly. You and I, seven we're years to... ago, I was in Chicago freezing to death. So I'm, <laughs> I'm thrilled to be here. <laughs> and so whether it was seven years ago or two years ago, take me back to your first win as the head coach of your particular GGC program. Well, Steve got the first win overall here. So what, what was your day? Technically, I got the second win. True, I, I knew but, that. But, uh, no, it was um, that was a whirlwind. Um Started in January of 12, and the end of August of 12, we beat uh, Tennessee Temple 12 nothing, um, just to see how everything progressed from nothing to uh, playing out on the old intramural field with, what, over about a 1,000 fans. Uh, the pomp and circumstance of that first game, I mean, I've still got the, the coin from the official coin toss from that day. Um, but, yeah, I know it was just as the game progressed, it was – well, we're not going to be that bad. We're not going to be a first-year program. So looking back on some of those guys, uh, you know, who've gone on to be great Grizzlies for us, it was, uh, like has been said, it felt like two decades ago. Yeah, ours was uh, spring of 2013. I remember we'd be scat at home. Uh, that was a men and women's match. Uh, we had General the Grizzly out there. Uh, they did the national anthem. Uh, you know, it was a big, uh, big crowd out there. I do remember that match. And, uh, you know, just all the excitement around playing our first home match and first match in our tennis program's history. And, uh, you know, just to think about that and how far we've come is, is uh, you know, hard to believe. We were up the street at Collinsville High School watching the field be laser graded, but nowhere near what the Grizzly Softball Complex is now playing Faulkner and we split the day. We lost the first game in a tight contest. And it was heartbreaking because you just want to come out and capitalize on what everybody else has done, that everyone else had come out first game and they won. And I was like, oh, man, how's this going to go? And we really battled in the second game. And a player who, to this day, I still keep in a lot of touch with, got the big hit that put us up. And winning that game was definitely uh, – we knew we were going to do some things. And we were going to – it was a unique group of girls. So it was a lot of fun that day. Yeah, we were we were the same way. We uh, went to Voorhees over in uh, South Carolina, and um, it was just a great day, great experience. The bus broke down, like all of the things that you you know you're trying to get everything going. Uh, you know, the first ever uh, recorded at bat was a walk, and then he stole second, and then it was a the the runner or the the shortstop told him it was a foul ball, and so our runner went back to first base. So it was a walk, and then a stolen base, and then a non-stolen base. So, uh, but we won, and it was uh, it was a really really great year, and uh, just great memories. As you look back and think about those pictures, that uh, was this first coach's corner that we had seven years ago. What advice do you have as a seventh year of the program to the first year of the program? If you go back and tell that coach, that person, that individual, what would you tell that person? For me, it'd just be patient. Uh, you know, you can't, you know, things aren't going to get done immediately. Um, you know, as, as I've gotten older, I feel like I've gotten more and more patient. I feel like as a younger coach, I, you know, expected things done, like just right then and there. And uh, here, everything does get done, uh, which is a positive. Uh, but, you know, just be patient and let the process work its way out. Stole my thunder because uh, it, what made this so unique was it wasn't that we were just starting a new sport in an already existing athletic department. It's everything was new everything was uncharted territory and so the term that we've always thrown around with each other is the goalposts were always moving 
from admissions requirements to uh, just programs, procedures, policies, plans in place. No two days are ever alike here. And that's been the thing is just be patient because in six months, it's probably going to change. <laughs> and but everybody's got the best intention. And so just relax, old man. That's what I've had to keep telling myself. Coach Ulana, for you, you insert into this staff in the athletic department your first two weeks on the job here two years ago. What did you learn from these other four pretty quickly? Well, I, I learned they're, they're, uh, they have some goofy personalities at times, but I also learned that I would fit right in and it would be a, it would be a good relationship and friendship. Um, uh, I, I learned pretty quickly from them that you can win here and you, you have the resources. We always, you always would like more of this or that, but you can win here. And that was, it was exciting to see their enthusiasm because they, you know, they'd been here for a number of years, you know. Then we start out, you know, two years ago, we lose our first three. I'm thinking they're thinking, uh-oh, we made the wrong choice here. But, uh, Turn it around and went pretty well that first year. So, what the people on the other side of the screen may not realize is the camaraderie that the five of you all have. How often are you in each other's office, picking each other's brains, hanging out, talking about life? Every day, every day. Mm -hmm. I mean, we uh, you you walk in past each other's offices. Chase, poor guy down the street at Collinsville <laughs> High School, we have to make an effort to go see him, but he comes by when we have staff meetings and sits in, and we discuss. I'll call them the issues of the day, but it's it's the progress of what we're trying to accomplish. I'm fortunate to have an awesome colleague in baseball who we do have similar personalities, but coaching styles are different. So when we throw ideas at each other, it's, yeah, you're right. I should actually worry less or play more and, and just have a, a, not a goofy attitude, but I always tell them, I mean, I just go with it. Oh, you can't answer for yourself. The other four are going to answer for you. When, when Coach Dromdahl is in your office, what does he worry or complain about the most? The grass. His field. The grass. He's always coming yeah. looking through my office to grass. It's true. Yeah. He comes uh, how in about my you, Chase? to look at my grass, to tell me what to do with my grass <laughs> or my dirt. Because we have to have it looks pretty. It took us a long time to get the yeah. grass like that, and let's we're going to keep it like that. And it certainly does. It shows. Absolutely. It's what, what about Coach Cat? When, when you're in her office or, or vice versa, what is she talking about? She's team about, culture. We yeah. we love talking team culture, and you know I think we're we're in a transition phase with uh, with college age students. I think there's some some things that are changing rather fast as the technologies that that influence their lives change, and so we're talking all the time about team culture and trying to figure a way to do it better. Biscuits, team Perfect. biscuits, right? Biscuits. Can can British it. guys bring biscuits in for yeah. her cup of tea for her? Uh, yeah. And we're always talking about Disney. Some some that's way, true. shape, or form. It it's magical, yeah. and this program is magical. Yeah. <laughs> it correlates very nicely. I'll say community service uh, with Kat. I mean, her program does an amazing job. Yeah. Uh, we've got some projects that our tennis program's doing, and just uh, from speaking with Kat, you know, obviously I think she's like an expert in that area. Mm -hmm. um, so, and then Brad, I've known Brad since, you know, when we were at Georgia State together. So, uh, we never talk really athletics. Uh, it's just... Uh, friendship talk or just, you know, random things. Because Lord knows your office is located about a mile down the road from us. He's won nine national championships and nobody ever wants to talk to him about anything. He, Chase doesn't have any insight whatsoever to winning, right? I don't, you'd have to ask them. I mean, uh, you know, that's up to them. But I He's got a great office. Like, you sit in there and you just kind of stretch out your feet, you lay on the couch, or you, you know, sit on the other couch, or you know, kind of like just hang out. It's a great, it's a great time. Has it got a great is office? It, is it a therapy a, session? Like you're Dr. Phil, is, they're coming you know, to you exactly to, to chase. How do I get to where you're at? I don't think it's therapy. Okay. Uh, but uh, it is a relaxing, uh, it's relaxing over there because, you know, and I've talked to all the coaches about it. I mean, part of you, obviously it's 
a part of the campus, but then there's also it being off campus. You kind of have that feel of a you know tennis club type mentality. So you know it's kind of nice. Deku's up next. What does Deku talk about? He's always talking about Europe and the players that are coming in from Europe yes. in South America. Yeah. He lets me know how far he goes to uh -huh. recruit. I, I go to Collinsville High School. I, I can still <laughs> ride my bike to go recruit some of the best <laughs> athletes. And he tells me about his bike rides along the rivers in Amsterdam mm -hmm. or the Seine in Paris and making sure that he's having tea with people in England that I'm jealous of. So he's recruiting hardcore all over the world. I just get real joy when he walks in my office. Not that I sense joy in him because he was he was the oldest coach, and now he's not. And I think that makes him really happy that he's no longer the oldest coach in the department. Well, your guys' relationship goes back a number of years, even before GGC. I know I joke with you guys about the Tennessee Temple connection, but in all honesty, for two head soccer coaches to have such a camaraderie. It's a rarity, but how well does that affect your individual program that you have somebody that's a voice that you can lean on that you appreciate? I would say I've you know been in a number of different schools, and many times there's animosity between the men's program and the women's program, and it's it's uh, I can't say enough about knowing that you know I have a friend and a colleague that I trust and respect you know in the other office, and we get along and we share the we share the pitch, and we you know we. Uh, we give and take when it comes to training times and things like that. So it's it's it just makes for such a healthy relationship with the, the two teams. And lastly, Dr. Coach on the end, what does his PhD and his conversation oh, no. bring to uh, bring to the table? Well, with his older older age and stature, <laughs> he's got that little stand up computer thing, which is we always have conversations about <laughs> that go. and sitting on the medicine ball. We just we have a good time. A lot of time, I go look at her grass outside his window. <laughs> yes, grass sure it's going he good. stands right. in my office and stares. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going on, but he just <laughs> does it all the time. But we always look at his <laughs> national championship titles up on top, and you know he's always make sure that there's like just hit the sun reflected right into your eyes. <laughs> I, I plan the sun, window. so that, that works exactly. Out well. I'd say international admissions, um, you know, uh, both of our programs rely heavy on international players. So um, I think when Coach came in, just trying to understand the ins and outs of that and, and making sure that, uh, you know, the policies and procedures are, are followed. And, uh, you know, I'd say, you know, as you see the women's soccer program uh, grow with time, I think you're going to see a national championship, uh, not to put pressure on them, but <laughs> it'll be coming. Is Chase the only one that can put national championship pressure to another coach that has won a national championship, four of them to be exact? Well, I think I think this is the first department I've been a part of where every one of us, that's sort of that's sort of an annual goal. And I, th I know you say, well, every team says that. No, most teams in, in, in the country know that there's no way this season ends with a ring. But I think I'm in a, I'm in a program, in a department where every one of us think that that's a real possibility just about every year. What does it mean for, for this group here? and the camaraderie that you have, and it's a place of employment, but it's so much more than that. When's the last time you guys did some reflecting and went, wow, I'm here at Georgia Gwinnett building this program to either what is more national championship or the national championship level. How often do you get the chance to just have a cup of tea or mow the grass or be on a plane and pinch yourself at how good life is right now? Or maybe is life as good as it appears on the outside? I told Mike this in our interview process that it looks good on the outside, but it's a hundred times better on the inside. Um, you talk to colleagues when you go to coaches conventions or when you travel and they'll tell you some of their woes. And I, I can't respond without feeling like I'm coming across maybe bragging that I don't 
we deal with issues. I mean, we're we're an athletic department. We deal with young adults. We deal with people who have diverse personalities. But I I have not had a day where I come to work and I go, this is it. If this happens, I'm out. I mean, I, I look forward to the challenges because of my guys that I get to work with. I'm very fortunate. And uh, they, they like – they let me be me. And I think that is something that's rare these days is – there's no expectation from Brad, Chase, Steve, or Mike that Kat, you should really do it this way because that's the better way. They really embrace that you absolutely are unique. I love being in the community, and I love taking my team to do special things, but I feel that I've reflected that back into their programs, and I can see mm -hmm. things they want to mm -hmm. do too, but I'm certainly taking from all their mm -hmm. programs all the time. I'm talking about reflecting yesterday, I was at a college ID camp, and so you get up, kind of give your spiel about your university. And we've done in seven years with some of these departments, it's taken a lifetime to do. And the number of athletic departments I've worked at, there's no petty animosity or jealousy with the group. I mean, we all banter back and forth with the best of them, but everybody is, they like each other, they're rooting for each other. Um, yeah, some of us are, you know, weirder than others. Uh, we've all got our quirks, but we're all going to try to win a national championship, which, like Mike said, most places can't dream of that. It's going to happen. I mean, the challenge for the, the four of us here is to put a championship up there with all the chases on the wall. That's the goal going forward. But uh, this place is a – I mean, I don't want to quit. I don't want to leave this place because we who's got it better than us? Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's, uh, it's something that's very special and, you know, it's driven by Dr. Wilson and, um, I think that his administration and our administrators and it kind of, they could all be sitting around this table and we could all be feeling the same way from our compliance to our, um, you know, business administration uh, all the way through and through. And so, um, it makes it a, uh, a pleasure to wake up and come to work. And, um, I think that, um, from the outside, like Kat said, it's just as good on the inside for sure. Especially with the Grizzly Digital Network, and you keep increasing it. I mean, but that's it. I mean, everybody does their part, and it continues to. Uh, we challenge the norms that are set out there, and we continue to grow. And um, if it doesn't work, we just try something else, and we just want to try to be and have the best product on the field and off the field. You used a phrase there that I want to elaborate on: challenge the norm. How often do you, do we have challenges at GGC? where you try to reach out to other colleagues or administrators or coaches or friends and realize they don't have the same challenges that we do. Do you catch a reward in challenging that norm that Coach referenced there? I think so. I mean, for for us, I feel like, you know, any challenge that we have, we can talk amongst each other and solve that mm -hmm. problem. I don't, I don't really go outside GGC. Um, just, I'm ultra competitive, so I don't want to – have to ask. You don't, you're not going to tell any of the secrets today, is what well, you're saying. I, I like to keep it in the house, you know. So it's one of those situations. And, to, you know, to echo Brad's statement, um, you know, when you start a program, uh, you know, there's, you know, I've been at a lot of different universities, and the affinity that I have for GGC um, is just simply greater, simply from the aspect that, you know, we started, with the exception of Mike, who's doing a phenomenal job, but we've started these programs mm -hmm. from zero. So for me, you know, when I go to work every day, you know, I think back to July 1st, 2012, when I was sitting in my office with no tennis balls, no uniforms, <laughs> no tennis players. And I had to put a program together to by February to compete. So uh, that's how I reflect. I just reflect from an aspect of where I was when we started, where we are now. And nobody else can, you know, can, can say they, they've experienced that, you know. Well, and Kat's right. You, in all due respect to our NAI colleagues, for example, it's tough to call them and 
share our issues and problems because our issues and problems or challenges are just different. We're just, we just have it better in a lot of ways. I mean, I, I feel like I'm more back in my San Diego State days, but actually with an entire group of people who like each other and respect each other. And that's, so it's, it's, this is where I get most of my, my input from is right here. I mean, not that there's not people outside that can help, but it's most where it comes from. We may see more of the quirky personalities coming out here, but I want to go around the room again. What's been your favorite, you get to pick one, favorite part of building this program, whether it be from day one or hitting the reset button with women's soccer? Is it cutting the grass or designing she's uniforms? What's been your, what's been your, all right, Kat, lead us off here. What's been your there. favorite part about building the program? It's only going to get eye rolls from the guys, but they'll understand what it is when I give the full story. Um, last year we made the World Series. So, you know, it was a five-year goal. There we are, year six. We win the opening round. We get to the World Series. You win the national championship. Chase can tell me. Mike can tell me. You take them somewhere special. I said, no, our World Series is in Orlando. I'm taking my team to Disney World. And it, it is part of me. I mean, I enjoy that part of life. I, I got to take a team to Disney World. I got to reward a group of athletes who had worked their butts off, had the best record that a program that I have coached has put together, and we spent the day in what I think is the happiest place on earth as a group. And it was. So you talk about getting to do things that match your personality in the way that you coach. That's what GGC, I think, has really allowed us all to do. Uh, we're, we're just building on that. How can you make your own personal happy place come to work? And that's rare. I just, I talk to too many people. It's rare to be so happy at work and go home and still be able to, to maintain that happiness. Well, Cats Disney World, I, I like Mobile, Alabama. I'll be honest with you. A lot of people, uh, yes, a lot of people, uh, when they put their list of cities they love, I, I doubt Mobile's at the top. But, uh, you know, I, that one week in Mobile, Alabama that we go the third week of May, I uh, truly look forward to it. Um, everything about that event, uh, you know, from all the volunteers and, you know, everyone who helps put that event, the hotel is amazing. Uh, the facility is getting better and better. Uh, 60 core facility down there in Mobile. Um, you know, that week is something that we really obviously uh, check on our calendar and we want to make that week as, as special as possible. Delray Beach, Florida. For us, it was uh, last year, 17, when we uh, won the opening round game and got to the final site just to take the program uh, from being in Building E, changing for our first game in a classroom, taking the laundry home, doing it yourself, guys carrying equipment in the back of their cars as you're waiting on the facility to get built, to in six years... You're one of the top 16 teams in the country. And just, you talk about reflecting, it was that bus ride back. You're disappointed because you lost. We got knocked out in the quarterfinals. But you're like, this thing's moving pretty quick. And this has been quite a ride in such a short amount of time. So mine would be right here uh, when you talk about, about the, the memories of that. And I, I remember it was two-thirds of the way through the first season when we got our first national top 20 ranking. And I came in and... Uh, um, I said, I said, you realize today's pretty, pretty historical day in this program. I said, and they thought I was going to say that, you know, you, you find yeah, the players said, in the right, locker room, right, right. The players in the locker room. And I said, I said, uh, well, actually yesterday is because yesterday was the last day that a women's soccer team at, at George Gwinnett will ever know what it's like to not be ranked in the top 20. And, but the best part of it was I looked at their eyes and they believed me. And I knew that we had, we had crossed a threshold that they believed that this is where we expect to be forever now. And I, I, before then, it was, you know, new coach, coach speak, you know, rah, rah, you know, isn't he so happy all the time? <laughs> PhD. Yeah, yeah. But, but I could tell that day 
you know, they, they'd had a nice winning streak up to that point, and I could tell they, they believed me, and that was a good day. Potatoes over here. Yeah, last one. Well, no, I mean, it's, uh, <clears throat> there's so many memories and events, and, um, you know, I think we all can, I think that probably it's more along the lines of what uh, Steve said from washing the uniforms in my basement with my wife, which is, bless her heart, um, you know, all the way through all of the, all of the things. But I think the things I enjoy the most is uh, stuff that's not seen on camera, stuff that doesn't happen in a game. Um, I like the behind the scenes fun that we have and with the players, with staff, I think that uh, those, those memories throughout the course of the last seven and eight years are, are what means the most and what, for me personally, uh, what it's like to be here at GDC with, with the baseball team and um, just, you know, the members of, of campus that, that know you, you have lunch with them, you run into them. Um, they ask you why you lost like three games all year. Um, you know, all of those things. I think that that's the thing that me means the most to me is the, uh, just the little quirky stuff and the interactions that you have one-on-one -on -one with, you know, so many people throughout, throughout campus each day. Each of you had your own individual stories, and I know you don't want to single out one person, but in the umbrella of coaching, whether it be recruiting or traveling or winning ball games, ordering equipment, is the relationships that you see of young men and women from teenagers in high school to now four years through college, and some have been out of college for three or four years now. Describe that euphoric moment to see a teenager grow into a young adult underneath your leadership. Where does that fit in the joys of being a head coach? Number one, that's why yeah, we do it. Absolutely. Trophies are nice, but uh, when they're graduating and it's a kid that you've had in your office and you've threatened to send him home when he's a sophomore because he's an absolute knucklehead, and you just lay down the law. It's, you're, you're a great player, but you either buy into our culture and what we're trying to accomplish, or I'll go find somebody else. Not because I don't love you, but because I can't put up with this anymore. And then he turns the corner and is an All-American and graduates. Top right there. Yeah, I'd say, you know, it, it kind of hit me when we had two former Grizzlies get married, Jordan Cox and Valeria Poda. Uh, you know, I was at that wedding and just – going to all the weddings, being in some weddings, uh, former players, and, and just really seeing uh, them just develop into, you know, outstanding young men and women. And uh, for me, it's just, you know, five, six years after they finished being able to see where they are in life. And just to be able to say you played a small part in that is, is amazing. So um, I don't know if we're going to have any more weddings. Uh, but Can we talk about weddings, though? That was one of the best when you got married. Yeah. The whole department, oh, yes. New Year's uh, Eve. Everybody went. I mean, it was one of the greatest nights. And the funny part was we were all, we rode together. Yeah. We hung out together all night. I mean, that was a magical night. Thanks for getting married. Thanks for yeah. asking. Yes. Appreciate it. And hey, shout out to the wives and yeah, husbands. Absolutely. Right. Yes. Who else? Where does the relationships fit that you've developed? It's the top. I mean, it's when you, you get those phone calls or the text messages when we have Again, last year, making the World Series, the amount of alumni who reached out to us and to former players, it said that they still are connected, they still care, and they understood everything that they had done, laid the foundation for this. So, again, wedding invitations have come, baby announcements have come, graduate school, they, we have postgraduate degrees in the program now. So, to see successful young women and continuing their lives, it's, it's really neat. It's neat when you really run into them and they reflect on what you thought the story was that they lived as a player 
but they tell you their memories. And it's like, wow, you do look at it different. And it has helped me coach the current team I have different because of their perception of what happened. I want the team that is living it to have the same experience, if not better. Having a front row seat to all your programs, I'm going to take your answer for you kind of guide you a little bit the three happiest i've ever seen you was Uh the twice we went to the world series Uh and this past year for alumni day seeing all those guys walk through the door you were glowing and grinning from ear to ear and it's it's one of the happiest i've ever seen yeah and i actually told my wife she's like man you were really happy i was like it's what it's what this means i mean it's uh you know we had about 40 guys back um for the event and it just keeps growing and we consider an alumni because we're so new anybody that's ever stepped foot whether i cut you or whether <laughs> you didn't make it at school or whether you graduated we kind of encompass encompass everybody and so um it's just been great to be able to see those guys like everybody says come through but they keep coming back and they they keep supporting us whether it's watching watching on tv or whether it's coming back and um, just sitting in the dugout and, and they all sit up there and they say man i missed this i got my kids and like they're wonderful and I love that but I love these three hours during the day that are just so special and so um, it's definitely it's definitely the people and the um, and the camaraderie within changing their lives to hopefully become better members of society most of them so 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 Matt for a long time I was a college teacher and a a coach and uh, the thing that a college teacher always wants is two things tenure at schools that have tenure and full professor and the month that I the month that I became a tenured full professor at the college, I loved to take a full time teaching job. And the president said, "What are you doing? Nobody gets full professor and leaves." And I said, "If I'm in this if I'm in this profession to change lives, I love the classroom, but there's no comparison in the amount of life change from coach to player versus teacher to student." And I just I just it, this is the best environment because we, we we deal with them in such emotionally vulnerable and intense times, and that's when most life change happens. So what it's about well we're going to wrap things up here today again thank you so much for your guys's time you all know i'm your biggest fans i've got a front row seat to every single one of your programs and the fact that we get to drag along a couple cameras in the process it's, it's just absolutely phenomenal it's a pure joy for me and so uh not here to raise expectations but what i want to know is individually as we move forward here we're in year seven of the athletic department we now have 1,000 wins over that seven year period i want a 10-year goal so in three years from now, when we get together and do a 10-year anniversary of GGC Athletics, what does your program look like? Can we talk for Chase? Sure. <laughs> I don't think That's he should, a, I don't think he should start, lose start again. Yeah. Nine, I don't think 10, that he should lose. 11, we should be 12, Chase, yeah, right? 42. So. Right. That's, so let's just talk about Chase. Yeah. yeah. No, God. <laughs> You're going to lead us off. Go ahead. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I mean, so we're saying three years from now. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to, you know, be in double digits, uh, national championships. Uh, I think that's a, that can be done. Obtainable goal. Yeah. Um, you know, but, you know, with that being said, obviously we just want to continue on what we started. You know, it's, I tell people and, you know, it's the truth is it's a lot harder to stay at the top than it is to get to the top. And that's a, that's a fact, uh, because we've been playing since 2014 with a target on our back. Everybody can make their season if they beat us. So, you know, my biggest job is how do I maintain um, the men and women's teams? How do we maintain that edge? You know, how do we keep them just as hungry as the competition? And hopefully by year 10, I've been able to do that. What's an internal expectation, a goal that you want to achieve individually in your program by year 10? I think for me, it's to keep 
developing myself as a coach and growing. And I think that as I continue to grow and reflect on the things that we've done in the past and our coaches have done in the past, it will continue to, to grow the product on the field and the people within the organization. I think that that's, you know, whether you win or lose, I think that um, facilities wise, you know, school, all of the things line up. And, and if we stay stagnant as our as our own selves, we're not going to continue to move the program forward in the in the right direction. So to me, it's always challenged myself and challenge our staff and then challenge our players and continue to uh, continue to put the the kids on the field um, that are great baseball players. But ultimately, how do we continue to develop them as as lifelong leaders of character and all of the the principles that we have here internally um, so that when they do leave here, they do come back and they also um, are just great people out there in the world. I think it kind of what Mike mentioned earlier, it's the recruiting piece. We get the right people in here to go along with Brad said, if we're, if I'm developing as a person and I'm developing my staff and my players and I've got the right guys, then they, the goal is to win championships, to put national championship banner up on, on the wall in the athletic department, but it's to see guys graduate. It's that we're making a difference that they come to us as 18 year old boys and they leave as 22, 30 year old men um, that are making a difference in society today. So it's, it's winning on the field, in the classroom and in the community. Uh, but Dr. Wilson has given us the best platform to, to go ahead and do this. And so, you know, I don't think we thank, we can't thank him enough for what he's done for us. Um, but that's the goal is to just continue to win, but to help. We, we need something other than tennis up on the championship. I agree. Board, folks. Yeah. It's a lot. It's good. Who, who wants to take us home? The PhD? You want to you go last or you Dr. Want to go next? Dr. Coach. So, let's Dr. Go. Coach. We still got Cat to go. You want to go last? Or you... Well, let's look. Oh, Cat yeah. should take us home. So okay. I'll, I'll, go, yeah. I'll go quick. Yeah, really better think so when it. we talk about influencing or, or affecting the lives of students, and winning being separate things, they are, but there's also a connection to them. Um, I had a reunion with the, with the four teams that won back at the other school, the, won the championship, and every one of those young ladies talked about how that shaped who they thought they could become and what they thought they could do. And I want a generation of, of GGC women's soccer players to know that. Besides, as Chase knows, it's a, it's a great lot of fun. It's yeah. a lot of fun. And so I want all of us to be able to have a generation of students who say, Hey, I've been at the top, you know, I've been at the top of the mountain. And if I can do that in my sporting life, I can do that in, in regular life. Before Cat closes, I think you should give where you think because you got a front row seat to all of us. Ooh, all yeah, the way through and through. So I think yeah. that you have also a, a three year. Yeah, plan. what's the question? Well, just answer your own question for all of us in the programs in the I, department. I think um, my daily task, every time the cameras are on and there's a microphone in front of my face, to put things in perspective, right? So how do we put being in the top 25 for the first time, for the last time, being the first yeah. time in perspective. How do I put a trip to Delray in perspective? How do I put nine national championships in perspective, a first trip to the World Series, um, for two trips to the World Series? How do I put that perspective in the moment? And I think the only way I am able to do that is by looking back, and like Steve said, comparing it to what we know. We, we, we have never seen 100 matches in a row. We're trying to <laughs> achieve that. We've never seen things like back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back World Series appearances. So how do you put that in perspective if that ever happens? How do you put four teams in spring sports all in the top five? And so that that's my challenge that I enjoy because I get to tell the stories of our student athletes and our coaches in the moment. And so I like taking things like winning a 1,000 games in seven years and reflecting back. So to answer your question, when we get to 10, that's going to be my, Joel, my, my job, put it in perspective. 
to what that means for other departments and other other coaches and other programs. I want to see these faces here in three more years. I couldn't agree. And more. it's not because we're not going somewhere big. We are what is going to be big. So if we can commit ourselves to 10 years, 10 years, 10 years, 10 years, five years worth of consistency, his goal of great men, his goal of 200 matches, his goal of the big ring, his goal of the big ring, my goal of the big ring, consistency breeds that, you know. And so I think in, in our department, it's a goal because life happens. Life is hard. Life is challenging. Our athletes provoke, like absolutely provoke tough moments out of us. But I want to see that consistency stay here. So to be able to do it with the six of us again, it would be pretty special in three years. So that's definitely my goal. I, I don't want to speak for anyone else, but I'm in. Mm -hmm. I'm in.